Have you seen the TikTok of the one person that goes around trying to get their coworkers canceled? Mm, uh, no. <laughs> like, hi, we're black and we're trying to get our coworkers canceled. And they're like, would you feel comfortable reading this word on camera? And they're like, yeah, sure. And it seems like an innocent word. And then they go through like the history of that word and why it exists and why it's racist. And they're like, boom, you're canceled. That's <laughs> really funny. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says you can do, you can have an alliance, but I can't have an alliance, but really it's the other way around. I don't know. I'm drunk. Are you really? No. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, are you drunk? I should, I wish I was after that intro. It's, it's three in the afternoon on a Saturday. I am not drunk. I, hey, I don't know, man. Live your life. It's five o'clock on a Saturday. It's five o'clock somewhere. There you go. It's also a weekend. It is. Live your life. Again, have not had any alcohol today. <laughs> We're just bad at intros. What's going Who's on? we? I don't do any of the intros. We, I, I, it's the royal we. Oh, okay. I like to think of myself as royalty on the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Go off, king. <laughs> uh, how you doing? How's life? I... Don't hate children. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I hate that high schools start their classes so early. I was performing Shakespeare in schools a lot this week. And it is cruel the times we make children get up to go to school. Because I I, I had to go there for like a 9 o'clock show. And I was like, you know, we'd get up at like fucking 5.36 in the morning. And that's, an, that's a late call. Sometimes we'll have at like 4 or 4.30 in the morning. Because the show will start at 8 and it's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away or whatever. And the kids are, like, getting... They've, like, already been there by the time we get there at, like, 7 a.m. Yeah. And it's honestly so... It's so cruel. <laughs> I wish that, like, we we reevaluated what school hours should be. Yeah. Because just like working a 9 to 5, studies show that when you're doing this and you're making kids go five days a week it's not helpful to them like you're the idea of them doing it that way was that they prepare them for factory life schools were made to be to be a pipeline to factories yeah but it's not that way anymore and if you want to educate the child why not give them the best possible scenario why wake them up super early throw them into a school already tired I don't know. I have, I have many thoughts. It's usually not about education. I know. It's, it's about money. Well, yeah, and just having a place for kids to go when the parents are at work. Correct. But it's fucked up, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Tear it all down. Start over. <laughs> Start over. We're not doing this anymore. Like the podcast. End it. End it right now. End it. We're done. End of Survivor Training Back Time. Cut it off. No, but I've already talked to you about this off mic, but finished Disco Elysium. Oh, yes. Unless I talk about this last episode. Who's no, to say? No, keep going. Because you, you have something important tied to it. Well, this is an audio medium. 10 out of 10. Best game I've ever played. Uh, so much so that it inspired me to get my next tattoo. The next piece of my sleeve I've been working on. So I uh, took the Inland Empire stats as a reference image or inspiration image to work on the next piece of it. So my forearm is very itchy. 
<laughs> I've never had a tattoo. Are you just like constantly thinking about scratching that one section? Not yet. The good news is I can slap it. Oh. Now I can't do that for the next hour. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. That's true. That's You got a good point there. Does not make for good audio. Does not make for good audio. Uh, yeah, as I told you, it was like three and a half hours in the chair. There are some squishy bits on your forearm that needles, it, it hurts when needles go in them. I bet. But art is pain, Stephen. Art is pain. Speaking of pain, this week we had the... This is our first episode post the first episode of Survivor 44. That has aired. I have watched it. Jared has not. I am trying to convince him to sit down and watch it with me after we're done with this episode. That's news to me. I am going to do it. Anyway, great episode overall. Lots of twists and turns and wild things happening. If you have thoughts about it that I can't say on the mic because we're not there yet... Email us at SurvivorTVT at gmail.com or other places, you slash SurvivorTVT on Reddit, at SurvivorTVT on Twitter. Email us that. Give us messages. I want to talk back and forth with you about that episode. It's so good, and I cannot wait for Jared to see it. But also, if you want to send us emails about this show that we are currently watching... If you want to send us emails about season four and, and season 44... Yeah. All of the above. Send us them emails. We we just have one email. I still have Josh's finale email. I He resent it just to make sure I didn't lose it. I do have it. Now I have both of them. And I'm going to save both of them. I'm not going to read both of them when we get there. But we have it. One email from Carl. Carl, damn, the fact that the whole fiasco only took six hours to figure out seems kind of impressive, honestly. They would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling podcasters. Do you know what he's talking about here? Yeah, he's talking about my heist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about the heist. It's, it's only been a few days, and I've forgotten about the heist movie that is Jared's life. I also forgot about it, and I lived it. But that's how busy my last three days have been. Was there any, any more updates on that one? Do they find... No. I mean, just some issues with the customer where the customer wants it in Montana by Monday, and the carrier didn't want to leave California until Monday, so we had to find a different carrier. And I don't know. I was out of the office on Friday, so I have no idea how that resolved. Fair. <laughs> Also says, again, split on whether or not this was a mistake for Kathy. I lean towards Jared's side, but Kathy may also have been thinking that it was too risky to keep the general around because he could have very easily won. With a, a jury like that, yeah. I, th I don't think he would have won. I, I think, I don't... Even the people he was aligned with, I think by that point he had spoiled. Like, he had spoiled the, uh, his relationship with them mm -hmm. by being a whiny piss baby. But... That's, it's fun to speculate. But yeah, if you think, like, if things fall in line like it could have, yeah. all you needed was to pull one from the other four players. I have an interesting thought on what Kathy should do next after this episode. Okay. I don't think it'll happen, but, like, here's my, like, I have a, a gamesmanship, like, idea for the, at the end of the episode. Okay, I want you to hold that for the, the end here. Yeah. But yes, I want to hear that. We really missed out on not being able to see Zoe's loved one. Would it have been the publisher of her calendar? <laughs> I love Jeff in the reward challenge saying it can't get any closer than this as if there's any suspense and we couldn't tell who was going to win three turns ago. Right. I mean, yeah. In a, a game like that, the, the writing's on the wall. It's also funny because, like, how much lead time did they need with the families? Like, Zoe's family was 100% there. Like, we didn't see them, but, like, 
there's only three days between challenges and only one day between vote and reward. Mm -hmm. They weren't flying them there overnight. We've seen that people come in by boats. Yeah. So Zoe's family might have just been like in Australia or Hawaii or something like, yeah, sorry, you're not doing the last leg. Or just like had been there in Marquesas. Yeah, this is what I think happened in this scenario. And I've, I've said this before, not on the podcast, I don't think. When they bring in family members, they have to like start the process much earlier to get them there. I'm assuming as soon as they know a jury, that's when they start the process of flying people out. Mm. And because they're stuck there having their family there to hang out with them at Ponderosa, it's a bonus for them. Like, even if they don't get to see them playing the game, it's, they just get to hang out with them. Yeah. And, like, without them canceling a flight last minute or, like, hey, you, you traveled across the ocean here. Now turn around, go back home. Get off the boat. Yeah, but I, I think they bring them there anyway. Probably. Is my guess. Well, <laughs> we can talk about more when we get to the episode, especially the reward challenge, but... They left everyone there in the Marquesas from day one, as we've learned. Mm-hmm. Peter is just hanging out. Yeah. But they brought a car. So hey. we'll get more into that. Hey, but... you're the shipping logistics guy. They shipped over that car. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking waste. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the email. There's a little bit more spoily stuff, so I'm, I'm going to leave that out. But that's it. That's all our emails for today. Shall we get into the episode? We shall. With a bumper! Bumper! This episode came out on May 16th of 2002. A couple interesting things happened in the week between episodes. That is a picture of a Shrek cake. Not what I was looking for. (laughs) Shrek is life. Shrek is cake. Correct. Shrek got that cake. (laughs) The last performance of the musical Cats in London's West End happened. Thank God. Thank God. Kill it dead. (laughs) You're not a a Cats guy? Uh, Only when I take 60 milligrams of edibles and watch the movie musical. Did did you watch the movie? On 60 milligrams of edibles, yes. That's from what I know about edibles. That's a lot. It was me, Jordan, and Travis. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a lot of edibles. Who, there are people who go to bat for that show. Not the movie. I don't think the movie is redeemable. But there are people who go to bat for that musical, and I don't know how you do it. They're all wrong. Those <laughs> people are wrong. That show is made for tourists and people who don't understand what theater is. It's, the only thing that's good about it is the dance choreography is legitimately good. Yes. Oh, no. It's a dance show, but, like, everything else is bad. It's a dance show. It should be a ballet. Correct. Yeah. And it just shouldn't exist. Like, <laughs> you can take the choreography and make them not cats. Anyway. There you go. I will say, on 60 milligrams of edibles, I was still high the next day. <laughs> uh, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter arrives in Cuba for a five-day visit with Fidel Castro, becoming the first U.S. president in or out of office to visit the island since Castro's revolution in 1959. Wow. And he was just put on hospice. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's still alive. Well, he's resting. It's gonna be dead soon. It's gonna be in peace. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's a wild thing for somebody to be announced on hospice that isn't like your immediate family because it's like, hey, he's not dead yet, but he's got a reservation. Yeah. The nurses are there. Yeah. Bowling for Columbine, which is a Michael Moore documentary, made its premiere. Maybe his first one. I'm not entirely sure. 
And actually, I'm going to jump right into the movies from there. Is Bowling uh, for Columbine? <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's more of a festival documentary. Sure. It's, it's I, gonna make I've it never watched a, a Michael Moore movie. I don't think I would enjoy a Michael Moore movie. They're documentaries. They're yeah. not. It's a different genre. So, the top five films, Changing Lanes, The Scorpion King, The New Guy, I accidentally did six, my bad. <laughs> Unfaithful, Spider-Man at number two. Oh, what unseated Spider-Man? Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. That'll do it. And mind you, this is the day it came out. It came out on this episode's release day. Okay. Spider-Man number two, grossing 3.5 million. A respectable 3.5 million. Mm -hmm. Attack of the Clones, 30 million. Yeah. On opening day. Yeah. I wish the prequels were good. <laughs> They're so hard to go back and watch. I can't. I tried. I can't. Episode one in particular is the dialogue. Is oh, that's horrendous. hilarious. Episode one's the only one I can go back and listen to or really? watch. Because it's, first of all, the sound design and everything. And, okay. and really all the prequel movies is so good. The music is so good. I mean, right now in your head, think about what Sebulba's pod racer sounds like. If you've seen the movie, you okay. probably know. You probably can remember what it Sebulba. sounds like. Sebulba! So good. Yeah. And it's campy enough. Sure. And, like, pod racing is really cool, and the locations are good. It's not to the point where it's a dumb romance melodrama for half of the time. Liam Neeson is great. Yeah, that's true. Darth Maul battles are awesome. Like, there's stuff in there to like. Mm -hmm. Episode 1 is my favorite of the original, mm. of the prequels. This is the start of George Lucas, get out of the way of your own product. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, that's top of the box office, and the Star Wars, the direction of Star Wars was changed for the worse forever. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, you're not wrong. Attack of the Clones is the worst of the three. Except, oh, who's the actress that plays Padme? Mm, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah. She is very attractive in that movie. That was like my awakening as, uh, what? eight-year-old as a child yeah. yeah i was like oh oh oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and natalie portman was in the original too it was in episode one too right yeah but she was like a, she was she not was a child but she was playing one. Uh, yeah a young person yeah anyway <laughs> star wars man <laughs> what a disaster of a I franchise could, i could go on rants I won't, because this is the Survivor Podcast. Yeah, we gotta move on. <laughs> Moving on to episode 13, A Tale of Two Cities. What? Oh, no, no, I think this is a good title. Okay. They're taking the title, clearly, from a famous book. Yeah. Are they just, like, talking the divide here? The... Yeah, I think it's the Nolia Pascal versus Sean and Vesepia divide. Sure. Which we'll get into a lot this episode. Yes, we will. There's a lot to talk about on There's that. a lot to talk about on that. <laughs> We open the episode, we're talking food again. Sean, Sean needs some real food. They're just all out of steam at this yeah. point. Yeah. It takes too much energy to strategize, says Sean. Mistake. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. He's, he's talking about how like it, it's going round and round in his head, and he has yeah. so many scenarios that of things that could happen. He talks about he has ten different scenarios for these five remaining contestants. And I'm like, wait, hold on. I'm doing the math here. That doesn't sound right. You should really only have three. <laughs> You're not going to break up basketball, Nalia. You're not wrong. You're very much not wrong. You don't need ten. B comes in and says, I don't believe that race is an issue on this beach. 
thus spiraling us toward what this episode's going to be about. Yeah, which again is a very interesting distinction between her and Sean. Mm -hmm. One that is lost on Pascal and Aaliyah and maybe to a lesser extent Kathy, but it's V has said, has, has had a different take on race relations on Survivor and maybe the world as a whole that's different from Sean the entire time. Mm -hmm. It's much more, I don't want to say nuanced because that makes it sound like Sean's is unnuanced and I don't believe that. Hers is much more, hmm. <laughs> I'm stuck at a dead end. It, this is such a tough episode to talk about in yeah. that there, there's so much thrown around and there's so much talk about race in the game and we talk around in circles and yeah. nothing is resolved, but we continue to talk around the circle. And I think the tribal final tribal council kind of sums it all up of we could go about this over and over again and nobody is budging. Nobody is moving from the, their preconceived notion. This is, this. if this episode came out in 2023, mm -hmm. the word implicit bias would be used a lot. Yes. And it's missing from their vocabulary. Sean understands what it is and V understands what it is. V doesn't think it has as much importance or as much weight. Sean thinks it's very important and the other three don't know it exists at all. Yeah. That is why they keep talking past each other. Yeah. Because... Pascal, Nalia, and Kathy view racism as, do you say the N-word? Yeah. Like, hard stop. And, I mean, obviously other behavior. Like, are you outright blatantly discriminating yeah. versus... Are, are you, you the people in the 60s yelling at children as they run to school? Like, no, but the, the racism is still there. But when you say things like, Sean winning would be a disgrace... Or Sean or V winning would be a disgrace, or when you assume that they are an alliance mm -hmm. because they are both the same, they are both people of color, mm -hmm. they're both the same race, which gets trickier because they were also both from the same tribe. Yeah. So tribal wines get put in there too. So it's, it's fascinating. This whole episode is fascinating and infuriating. Had this episode been filmed 20 years later we would have an episode just like we we have in season 43, where there is a, a big talk about race at a tribal council. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a very important part to it. Season 42 as well. Maybe it is season 42. I'm okay, I haven't seen 43, so... It's uh, with Drea? Yes, it's 42. Okay. Sorry. There, there's a big talk about race, but the language is there that we didn't have in... Or at least the public vocabulary is there that we didn't have well, at the, the difference time. is this is a tribe full of Jonathans from 42 mm -hmm. that don't understand the difference between hard racism and implicit bias yes and thinks that if you are being if your bias is being challenged then that is somebody calling you racist yeah versus you know the other people that are in that conversation in 42 that are much more like yeah that is really hard and I hear you and I don't know how to navigate this but I'm listening mm -hmm. so I'm going to pause this right there for one moment because you touched on something that it, I think is important to talk about in this episode in that the idea being floated that Sean and V are inherently in a an alliance mm -hmm. is there. Yeah, let's just pull that out of the episode because we're going to keep coming back to it if we try to not yeah. talk about it at the top. Yeah. it It's so hard because they... They are. They're friends. They want to look out for each other. Sean breaks it down very nicely saying, V is broken from me yeah. multiple times in this. 
and she's never voted directly for him. Yeah, but she has not voted with him several times. Do I think they would vote each other out? No, not at this point in the game because why would they? However, I think had you not had the other two in a power position, you might be looking at this differently. They might be more inclined to play an individualistic game. It is so hard to separate what if they are allies of necessity. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly they're friends. But yes. I, I, every one of this five, I would say, have been friendly or friends up until this episode. Yes. Uh, even though Pascal goes back to kind of dragging Sean and V in the beginning of the episode, yes. but we can give, we can give them a little bit of grace in that they are all starving, hibernating, they're grumpy, mm -hmm. they don't want to be here anymore. Like, Pascal is a judge that uses big rhetoric that I think he doesn't always mean. Yeah. Which is something I do a lot, so I <laughs> totally understand that. Because he flip, he flip-flops back and forth too much to really mean the full drama of everything he says. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's tricky because they have never had an alliance like Pascal and Lilia have where they say, I will never vote for you. But there's only five people left. And yeah. those two do. So yeah, the other two are going to as well. They've been with each other the entire game. Like they have developed a bond regardless of their, their race. Yeah. But their race is still a factor in it yeah. for them and for the others. And also it makes strategic sense. <laughs> this is... This is all the conversations we've had to have in the last three years of, yes, we have to look at the race element of things. You can't just ignore the race element of yeah. things. It's part of the world we live in. Just sweeping that under the rug and saying, oh, no, it's not is ridiculous. And this is the age. But also you can't be assuming that just because it is the way it is that these two have to have each other's back. And 2002 is firmly in the age of, oh, I just don't see color. Yeah, it really is. Which is proven to be destructive. Yeah. It's absolutely hindering of the people of color. Yeah. It's just saying, well, I don't see color. Therefore, oh, this person? No. Therefore, I'll, I'll ignore all of the different things that go into being a person of color in modern life. We could have a million conversations of equality versus equity, but we're not going to go there right now. Let's keep moving, unless you had any more no, thoughts I mean, you I think to tie that's, this up. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's that's it. that's basically the conversation that is not being had <laughs> through yes. the episode. Or really the way they're talking, like I said, talking past each other of Pascal and Leah saying, well, you two are in an alliance. And Sean V saying, kind of. <laughs> yeah, well, we like each other. We like you guys too. We're, we, but as long as you two are bonded, which you have said you will not break from each other. Yeah, we have to be. It's it's so tricky and so hard to talk about, which is why we talk about it the entire episode. Yep. Uh, Kathy, being the swing vote, really hadn't thought about the race card. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Thanks, Kathy. And then uh, another thing that will just I'll sum up everyone's position here. Nilia's like, hey, it's never played a part in this game, the race part. Like, Nilia, have you not been paying attention? And this is part of privilege. It's yeah. like, you're right, for you it never has played a part. And yet, Sean and V had to have a conversation day three or whatever it was, yeah. to be like, hey, we need to be careful, because by the color of our skin, they will assume that we are in alliance together. Yeah. And this is the fruition of that. And actually, I wonder if Sean and V hadn't made it this far, if we would have never seen that conversation. Oh, I guarantee we wouldn't. Because it's important now, so they have yeah. to put it in the edit. Yeah. 
It's this is something that if out of necessity they would not probably put it in at the time because it it's such a touchy subject and CBS yeah. likes to be a, a family friendly network. They like to appeal to white boomers. Yeah. Pappy is an interesting person in this entire episode. He is. I want part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt with how some of his opinions are like being chopped up in this edit. Yeah. It feels like things are either being left out intentionally or things are like his conversation goes on but we're chopping it at the part where we're like Ooh, that makes me not feel good. And, I mean, to be honest, there are parts of this episode that I was like, is Pappy just going to get medevaced out? Like, he looks rough. Yeah. He is struggling around camp. And that kind of... It is hard to have a nuanced conversation, <laughs> especially when you're not used to doing that. Yeah. Or not used to doing it around this particular subject, when you are also physically dying. Yes. Yeah. So... That's... It's really tough to talk about Pappy here without the implicit bias card. Yeah. But also, he is dying. <laughs> He's had no reason to believe V and Sean at any point in this game. And I had to write my notes, really? That's, yeah, we just are forgetting about the last, like, 10 to 12 days? Yeah, there seems, to, you've formed a huge connection. We had an entire episode about you forming a connection with Sean. Yeah. And we're just throwing that out? No? Okay, whatever. I'm interested to see in the, like, where are they now? Although they might both come back for All-Stars how they interacted when the show was done. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. We get to the redo challenge. Yep, the leftovers. The leftover challenge. It is a reward challenge. There are four sections to this. The tiki puzzle with pieces scattered throughout the woods. Coconut water challenge where you crack open the coconuts. Knots, stilts, and a slingshot. I guess that's five, but still. It's it's a lot of pieces. This feels very survivor-ish. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You finish one piece, you go into the next. The biggest problem with this challenge is that they were all not next to each other, so the camera people struggled to keep up. Correct. And also, this location is the same location that we had the machete chop challenge. Yep. We've only used this location like three times. This is the best challenge location that you, unless you need a beach. Why have we not used this more? That's a good question. Why are we using the Tribal Council one all the time? This one's so much better. Yeah. I, I really do like this challenge, and I think it's fun. It's unfortunate that it plays out the way it does, because everyone's dying, and we have a close race for about two minutes, and then yeah. it's gone. Before we get into the challenge, though, did you notice a, a, a new piece of Jeff's wardrobe on this one? The cowboy hat? The cowboy hat. Why? He's done it in previous seasons, but, like... This specific cowboy hat, though, was, like, white. Was he just having a bad hair day? And curled in a way that makes him look ridiculous. Fucking Doug Demigome up here, like, <laughs> running the challenge. Exactly what it is. It was so funny. I loved it. They're playing for a Saturn view. Yeah, so the whole time he's explaining the challenge, I'm like, why is there a boat back there? Hey, what's that boat? What's that, what's boat, that doing? boat doing? Like, a full-on I was like, this is a... I was like, this is about the time when we go to the, we get a car, but they didn't bring a car to the island. Did they? They brought a car to the island! They brought a car to the island. They would not take it off of the, the freight ship because they would not be able to get it back on that freight ship. Hilarious. So good. It was so funny. Uh, it's such a waste. It is such a waste. <laughs> Does Saturn still make cars? Yeah. It was in production from 2001 to 2009. 
Okay. So this was like the first model of the Saturn View. Okay. Like it's it's doing its thing. How many miles do you think it is between Marquesas and America? A lot. Like at least three to four thousand. What else do you think this boat was used for? Anything? Because it's very clearly a cargo boat. They could they could have used it to ship set pieces over. Yeah, maybe. It, it, I don't know why they would keep it there for an entire month. <laughs> so you think the car was just there the whole time? Like from the start of filming? <laughs> I hope not. I think it had to have been. Oof. That, where would you, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a lot to think about. I don't know what you would do the with it. The logistics of that for a 30 second shot are so stupid. <laughs> Worth it. So no! Worth it. So worth it. It wasn't! <laughs> okay, back to the challenge. Vesepia gets through the puzzle first. Yep. And, and then cannot open a coconut to save her life. Cannot open a coconut to save her life. Nalia, Sean, Kathy all get through that coconut. Pascal, as far as we see, does not... He never makes the totem. He does not finish the totem. When he was still struggling with it, I was like, is he just gonna, like, sit down and take a nap? And he might have. He might have. It was very clearly out of his reach from the moment everyone left him. Yeah. They had a little bit of a hover and, like, how you doing, Pappy? And he's just kind of, like, staring at it, confused. <laughs> like, oh, this is my grandma with dementia staring at oh, a puzzle. No. I'm like, oh, Pappy, it's okay, it's okay. Go ahead, sit down. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Maybe, oh, I shouldn't joke about this, but maybe Pappy has dementia. That's why he's like, I've never liked Sean. I've never trusted Sean. <laughs> he just can't remember. <laughs> Temporary dementia from lack of food. Uh, have you, have you, do you have any family members that have had dementia? Yeah. I had, my great-grandma, who passed away several years ago, lived to be like 97. Mm. And, you know, when someone lives that long and they pass away... You're just kind of like, yeah, that's probably for the best. Yeah, I also She lived a very full and complete life, and uh, all things must end, and so it did. So it did. I also had a great-grandma who died of dementia, and uh, around the same age, she was was up there. But the the problem was was when she moved to a more person-to-person, not a nursing home, but a live-in unit. Like a caretaker? Yeah. Yeah. We moved into her condo that she had at the time, but she still had access to her vehicle. So she would she showed up a couple of times of why why are you guys in my home? What's what's going on? Where's my husband? And I'm like, oh no, we have to have this conversation. It was not not fun. Dementia's hard. I hope they figure that out, doctors. Hot take there, Stephen. I hope they figure out dementia. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you know me. Taking the hot takes here. <laughs> Cancer. Man, I really hope they fix that. Hot take. <laughs> Steven Vanilla Ice Cream Levine. <laughs> I do like a good vanilla ice cream, though. I hate Steven. <laughs> anyway, this happens. Sean destroys this challenge. Yeah, they don't even try to pretend it's close. No, they. he gets the coconut, and then they barely show anybody else after this point, because they don't have to. They leave these people to the coconut section like jeff follows sean throughout the whole challenge (laughs) and they're not close to each other it's just all right sean you know you're gonna win and he's even talking to him like you got all the time in the world yeah do the stilts got it first try yeah the only possible way he could have had them catch up to him was if he had been bad at the stilts yeah and he was not nope got it in one got it first try does the slingshot got it in one 
Which I cannot believe that he was that good at the stills after how bad we saw everyone be at the stills. Yeah. But he wanted that fucking car. I feel like they expected them to be worse than they were at the stilts. Yeah. Because that line for them to get to on the stilts was not very far. It was only 10 feet. Even on three tries, I feel like anybody could get a good shot at that. You basically have to make like, what, four to five steps probably? Yeah. Yeah, a good stride or two, and you're almost there. Which, to be fair, that's more than we, we saw anyone not named Tammy do in the first time we fair. had this challenge. Fair, Yeah, so Sean kicks butt, wins a car. Uh, it's beautiful. Shouts, I can do all things through Christ while hugging Jeff. Sure. it's I love it. Why not? And then gets to go sit in his car. But they don't take the car off of the boat. No. They, everybody gets onto the freight boat. And hangs out with him while he sits in his car. Very rarely can I feel the stage shots in Survivor. <laughs> oh boy, I could hear the person be like, okay, everyone get on the boat. Okay, yeah. we need we need a, a little bit of footage of like you guys being excited for Sean in the car. Yeah. Okay, and we're rolling. Like I could hear that in my mind the hold, entire time. Hold for the helicopter going over. Cool. All right, get off the boat. We're going to go back to try, uh, go back to camp. Such a fucking dorky thirty <laughs> seconds that they spent like probably ten thousand dollars on. I love it. So then we get back to camp. Sean, this whole sequence here is just showing how Pascal is kind of losing it here. Yeah. Sean, it's funny you don't realize that you get emotionally attached to people here. Like, he, he's he's trying to strike up a conversation with Pappy. He's Does like, Sean also have dementia? Like, it took you 32 days to figure that out? No, I think he's trying to, like, make a, a good conversation about, you know what, this this part of the game is tougher than I anticipated no, it being. No, I know. And also, he knows that the two of them are adversaries now, and I think trying to bring down the heat a little bit, bring down the temperature, Yeah, doesn't work. Well, here's the problem, though. Pascal, instead of acknowledging the thing that Sean said, goes on with, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I feel is weak. Everything is, is so blurry. I'm like, dude, he's pouring his heart out for you. And you're just like, I'm dying. He's like, I hate this mortal coil. <laughs> you told me that one winner doesn't come back mm -hmm. for all stars. I could see a path where Pascal wins and Pascal's like, fuck no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> do that my body barely survived the first time <laughs> we'll get there when we get there yeah yeah so he's brutal kathy wants to kind of rally the troops here yeah we even talked about kathy really owning the fish economy yeah she hasn't had to she hasn't been in danger so she's had to pull that card but she has really she's owned the fish economy she's owned the fish economy and she's been collecting all the troca i just love kathy's joy mm I talked a couple episodes about, like, I would not be surprised if Kathy just, like, lived out in the islands. I, that was a bit of an exaggeration. But she's just so happy with life all of the time. And she still has that gamesmanship about her where she's still like, yeah, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. And I'm, I'm trying to win this thing. But also, I get to get away from the beach. And I get to catch these troca. And I'm... Man, this is fun. Yeah. My biggest problem with Kathy at this point is that... She is. She's in the game. She's playing the survival nature. She's rallying favor with people, but she doesn't know how to make moves. Agreed. Yeah, she keeps getting up to the precipice of it. Yeah. And then going, nah. Nah. Although, I will say, uh, spoiler for the end of the episode, I 
understand why Kathy made her decision, and I probably would have made the same one. Yeah, and we can talk about it when we get there, but yeah. we're in the episode. We can talk about things that happened in so, this episode. So everything, uh, every other time I've wanted Kathy to pull the trigger, I've been like, wasted opportunity. Yeah. This time, like, I get it. Yeah, fair. But yeah, Kathy's pulling the fish economy car, and she's like, everybody, we're going out. And she talks about how Sean and V really haven't done this, which is kind of disappointing. Because I, I think she is legitimately disappointed in that, like, hey, I'm considering going to Final Three with you guys. Yeah. What have you done for me here? Yeah, I think Sean's worked a lot around camp. Yes. But he, he talks about it. He's like, I am afraid of the ocean. Yeah. Like, I don't do this job because I don't like the ocean. Yeah. And it, it's so easy to, for someone to come in and say, I've done this the entire time. Well, yeah, but I've done this the entire time. You haven't done this. Just last episode, we saw, we saw Sean hanging off a tree to help <laughs> fix the shelter. Yeah. It's such a tough dynamic. This needs some family therapy, group <laughs> therapy. And yeah, Sean gets some troca. Sean, a brother from New York, gathering troca. Who would have thought from, from his I mean, mouth. He's, and he's proud of himself. He is. He's very proud of himself. Like he, he describes the going and getting it and how much of a suction it takes to get it off the rock. He's like, I'm pulling, I'm yanking, and the, these suckers are sticking on there. <laughs> like, oh, this is fun. It's cute. So then... People's joy is fun to watch. Yeah. So then speaking of therapy... Oh, man. We have, we have a, a Queer the Air party. Vesepi is like, hey, you know what? I feel like we've... There, there's some unsaid stuff that we need to bring up, and we need to talk about this. Vesepia, that's very smart. Yeah. That's a good level of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Good on you. And then it happens. And then it happens, and I don't think it went the way that anybody wanted it to. No, no one talks about the fact that this is a game. Yeah. Like, everyone is taking it super personally. Yeah. Which is wild. And Pascal is being such a hypocrite. Pascal and Malia are being such hypocrites. Yeah. I wrote down, like... <laughs> we don't have an agreement. This is Pascal. We don't have an agreement, but here's our agreement yeah. I made, and I won't change it. I think I wrote about the same thing. <laughs> he, he literally talks out of both sides of his mouth within, like, a sentence of each other. Yeah. This this whole conversation is so roundabout and so hard to follow. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't agree with either side here. I think everyone's so unwilling to acknowledge that this is a game and that this... Like, there are bonds and there are relationships that you build in the game that are stronger than others. Of yeah. course. I feel like what Vesepia wanted out of this conversation was for everyone to come out and say, you know what, whoever wins it, wins it. And we're all going to vote individually. And it, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. There's no way it was going to happen. Yeah. It, it's a very idealistic thought. They, and I love that. The conversation, need, they needed to cut through the bullshit and be like, listen... Voting block-wise right now, you are two, and mm -hmm. we are two. Yeah. And Kathy's in the middle, which they, they start out trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then it just, instead of trying to, like, win Kathy's favor with positives, or, like, strategizing with her separately, it just becomes this weird mudslinging contest yeah. where they're getting... And I understand why Pascal does this, because he's a judge, but he gets really hung up on words. Yes. Like, specific verbiage. And I'm like, this does not matter. This... And I fucking love words <laughs> rhetoric is one of my favorite things but pascal it doesn't matter right now like you you you're trying to get by on these technicalities we're splitting hairs and, and we like, don't have to yeah 
Just just acknowledge that this is the way it is and move forward. And if Pascal acted like this at Final Tribal Council and Sean hadn't acted like he did, I think that Tribal Council goes the other way. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then we kind of keep going on, and this is the, the part where I'm like, ooh, I don't like how that was edited. Pascal has a, a conversation forward about these guys are have been skating by for 33 days, and they haven't done a, a darn thing, and... Then it says it's cultural. It runs deep. And I'm like, hold up. I need more context well, to this. He also said, talking about Sean, he's from New York. Talking yeah. about Kathy, she's from Vermont. I'm from Georgia. This runs deeper than a game. Yeah. And I was like, is he saying oh, Civil War II electric boogaloo? Like, what? what? That's what I wrote down. It sounds like he's trying to make it a white people. Like, we share a bond because we're culturally from the same background and i'm like huh oh i took it the other way i mean i think that exists but Mm -hmm. in this particular moment i took it as those two are from the north Mm -hmm. they view the world and probably race and all Mm -hmm. that differently than i do being from georgia yeah and that's the part where i'm like i needed more context here i needed the edit needed to be better the edit needed to either decide if it was trying to make Pascal a bad guy here or decide if we needed more context so that we're not left in this ambiguity of what we're talking about. Like, what what the hell did he mean by that? Because it, it, from what it sounds like, it sounds gross. It sounds real gross. It sounds racist. I think it is to yeah. a certain extent. I mean, you're right. It needed more context, but we've seen enough of Pascal that I think if you gave him a truth serum in the episode with where he and Sean were bonding, Mm -hmm. he would use the phrase, he's one of the good ones. Like that's just the vibe it gives to me. Sure. And I could be wrong, but we, it's just, the dog whistles are hitting us in the face over and over and over again. Yeah. And he's not being subtle. It's not as bad as like Igor, where Igor doesn't seem to respect Sean as a human Mm -hmm. from what we see. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's Pascal is a judge and he's better about like keeping his composure and has been good at like hiding those urges that may have popped up early in the game. But now his body is not able to handle that. And I think it goes back to implicit bias as well. And I think it goes back to, you know, they are no longer allies. Yeah. It is now that is now my enemy. And so all of those implicit biases come right back up. Yeah. I don't know. Big, big, big conversations to be had. I'm going to leave it there. Take with it what you will. We've talked a lot about it. We have. I will continue to. (laughs) So Kathy, doing the thing that I would do in this scenario, goes off and (laughs) is alone and flies the kite. Yeah. She tries to fly the kite again. She's like, this isn't working. Which is a metaphor for trying to put the family back together. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. And then she talks about her... Her strategy here, she's like, I don't know, my best odds are with Sean and B because I actually maybe have a shot there. And with the other two, I don't. They're clearly together. So, I don't know. I'm I'm the white girl. She doesn't really go any further with that. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Well, you're talking through strategy, which I appreciate. Right. Immunity challenge. It's the nighttime story game. Have you seen this one before, Jared? Uh, every season. It's weird how this is playing out. Almost identical to ones that we've Dude, seen before. 
Do they just, like, butter the fucking totems <laughs> before these challenges? They designed that with that in mind. They wanted that to happen again. Because, okay, we have a story. We have a beautiful story about a, a warrior, Keika Hano-i, where he bonded with another tribe. He, like, hides in other tribes and pretends to be one of them. And then when they go to war with his original tribe, he fakes an injury disguises himself and then to go and kill the chief and take his power and yeah and and take over his tribe yeah. which that must have been a good disguise for just like the <laughs> hair to come down and be like who is that especially because he's tattooed yeah hmm you look familiar but the guy that i know has really long hair and so <gasps> nani <laughs> he unrolls his hair oh it is him but he's already killed the chief so therefore we can't he's the chief now he is the chief now that is how it works <laughs> so this is the challenge they they answer questions they run off into the woods in the darkness they they specify this time about how there are six slots or six answering booths mm -hmm. so in order to claim an answering booth you have to stick your torch in and this isn't like your tribal torch this no. is just a like an item torch that you would find in any rpg yeah they pull them out of oblivion yeah or out of Skyrim. It was great. Answer questions about it. They're true and false. Most of them aren't difficult. Some of they them are... very easy. Some of them are pretty, like, hey, if you weren't paying attention, though, this is... It's the true or false trying to get you. I hate this challenge. I'm so sick of the story time challenges. I agree. I hope they go away soon. I hope so, too. I can't guarantee. I know. <laughs> I feel like I say this every time. I'm like, it should be soon when they get rid of them, but... Like, surely that's the last one. Maybe not. <laughs> We, we watch as Sean and V mess up right away. We don't see too many failures in this. I think those are the only two that they actually show. Uh, yeah. Nalia gets an early lead, but then slows down. Pappy takes a huge fall. Oh, he eats shit so hard. He, I was a little worried about his torch, because his torch goes onto the ground, and he kind of like slides along next to it. He wasn't in danger of being on fire, but... I was like, uh, what if the ground starts on, or like all the grass around him and brush and like, ooh, are we about to start a forest fire? Again? Again. It is my headcanon that in season two, they started that forest it was fire. It their, their own fault. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy jumps back in it and we get a close battle between Kathy and Nolia and Kathy gets the five first and then sprints down and we watch as her... One of her tiki's that she has to place on a necklace fall into the grass. Before I get any further, this necklace was intended very much for these things to fall. Yeah. Because they're they're hooks. They're not like carabiners where they clip on. They just kind of like hook onto the necklace. So in a challenge where you are running and these things are bouncing up and down, the odds of them falling off are highly likely. Yep. I'm sure that there's like a small part where they can when you pull it down far enough, it'll stay a little more secure, but it's not a guarantee. If your challenge needs to have a mechanical failure for it to be interesting, it's a ba bad challenge. It is a bad challenge. So Kathy runs to the end, Nolia right behind her. Both of them are missing uh, a tiki. You're like, okay, I've seen this one before. Every time we do this, someone has to drop something. So it's literally a race back, and Jeff has to kind of explain it on the fly. Like, you gotta go back, and if you can't find it, you gotta go answer another question. 
Hope you don't drop two of them, because yeah. then you can't win. Yeah, you can't answer any more questions. And so Kathy recovers her first. We don't see it happen. So the cameras were scrambling as much as everyone else was. Oh, we see her grabbers. I, I don't remember it like a physical grabbing. We see her running back and finishing the game. But I thought we saw her grab it. I, I, could be, I could have made that memory up. Maybe. I don't know. It all happens very quickly. And if it is, it's not a very good shot. So yeah, Kathy wins. Kathy, the challenge beast, strikes again. I love Kathy. <laughs> yeah, Kathy continues to do well in ways that we don't expect someone of her age and her mobility to do. But she's she's killing it. Again, she's she has gained strength, like physical strength, mm-hmm. as the season has gone on. She is... What is... Kathy's just built different. Yeah. She is the survivalist that she wanted to be here. She's clearly handling all of this better than anyone else. Yeah. And that's without having, it's amazing. She doesn't, she's never had a solid number two. Yeah. She's been on the bottom several times. She was not advantageous to her tribe during physical challenges. I love Kathy. I I love the, we've come full circle. The full journey. You hated Kathy to start off. and. fucking despised her and the edit makes you feel that way it really does and her tribe makes you feel that way yeah yeah i think she just had an anxiety attack the first like five days she was trying to establish herself as the survivalist and she wanted to be like a huge help to her tribe and then suddenly she's so overbearing and too much for anyone to take her going on that retreat with boston rob change the course of this game yeah i think that's what taught her how to play the game yeah like boston rob walked so kathy could run (laughs) it's just a great glow up on kathy for 30 days she could have easily been a first out and now she is one of the better players here yeah (sighs) beautiful and then she goes on to say something I forget the entire quote, but I wrote down Afro-American? Yeah, she says them along the lines of, like, uh, talking about how Pascal and Nalia are going to stick together, but she's like, but then again, Sean and V, they're Afro-American. Like, I'm sorry? Yikes. I don't know if that was, like, if that was an attempt at a different course of language at the time that was, like, the thing you should be saying, but Maybe. It, it aged poorly. It really did. And then said, it's their culture to stick together. Yeah, that, I wrote that down, I'm like, oh, oh, Kathy. oh Kathy. Kathy, what do you mean here? Kathy, what is... Like, we know we know what Sean's quote-unquote culture is. He's from the Bronx. Yeah. What is V's culture? Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, we know what we she know. means, but... Um, this... Hey, maybe uh, people of color end up sticking together because not people of color end up cannibalizing them. Force, force them to. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not literally cannibalize. I realize with this season I have to... I have to Fair. <laughs> make that a point. <laughs> it's a good metaphor for the game, though. That, it's true. Like, is the, the exact scenario in this situation where the two white people are sticking together, so it forces the, the two non-white players to stick together by yeah. necessity. Fun. And it just drives me crazy, because, like, Pascal and Nalia told you they are sticking together. Yeah. Pascal straight up said, I gave my word day one, and I am not breaking it. Mm-hmm. He, he, without saying it, said, Kathy, if we get the final three, I'm voting for you. Like, you're going home. Yeah. So, it's a little bit like the inverse of when, like, uh, have you heard the the joke of, like, well, yeah, that's a boat, but behind door B could be anything. It could even be a boat. It's like, yeah, 
Sh uh, Nalia and Pascal are going to vote for me, but behind door B could be anything. Like, in this case, actually take door B. I have to give credit where credit's due. That's a Family Guy quote. Yeah. Of the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. Yeah, yeah. Why would I right. take the boat when I could take the mystery box? Which could be a boat. It could be a boat. Yeah. Pete, I don't. We'll take the box. I love that episode. It's it's a really good metaphor. Yeah. Then we get into tribal. This is one of the most heated tribals we've ever seen. Correct. I want to talk about first. Go on. Is this the least interesting jury we've had? Yes. Yeah. Like, I was just looking, I was like, this is a jury of jobbers. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about anyone that's on that jury, which is, I mean, I guess good in a certain way, because that means the interesting people are still in the game. Yeah. But it definitely shows how the edit went early in the game. Yeah. Is that we didn't learn anything about these people because they didn't think it was important to learn about them. And they were so dominant that we're like, okay, we'll learn about them later. But then we yeah. do, we just don't. John is the only interesting person on the jury. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some interesting in different ways. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, you're right. Zoe is a Zoe is circus freak. Interesting. <laughs> I, I enjoy I would like to see more from Zoe, but I don't know that it makes for a good survivor game. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we go right at Kathy from the start of this tribal. You're clearly the swing vote. <laughs> and like, yeah, I guess. I still don't know what I'm gonna do. Nobody's really come up to me and said, Hey, do you wanna make a ploy for the uh the necklace the immunity necklace? And we're like, What? So that was confusing at first where I was like do you mean the immunity necklace specifically? Because the immunity necklace doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, it really does. Who has immunity could not matter less. Yeah. They are groups of two. You can vote for the other one. Like, if if she gives Pascal immunity, and besides the symbolic of, like, okay, I'm going with you, like, mm -hmm. okay, then you vote for Nalia. Yeah. Or do you mean, like, nobody's approached you to do any strategy at all? Which appears to be the latter. Yeah. And what the fuck? <laughs> And I don't know. I want to say that it's, it's supposed to be the former because she talks about making a deal right then and there with Sean. And we see the deal kind of start to play out of, hey, you give me that, guarantee me safety here. It felt symbolic, though. It didn't feel like it was... I don't know that it was. I feel like they were trying to make a deal. And like, if, if at this point in the game where you kind of have to take everyone's word at face value. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah, sorry. I mean, like, I meant it feels symbolic in that you're actually negotiating for her vote, not for immunity. Sure. And she'll give you immunity, sure. but what the important thing is, is her vote. Yes. And if nobody's talked to her about her vote up until this point, have they all lost their goddamn minds? <laughs> they really should be doing that. Kathy's the swing. And then we, we blow up. Sean tries to make the play. Vesepi is like, yeah, I'd go with that. And you're like, at that point, I don't know why we're talking anymore. Kathy, you have a road to final two right there. Yeah. I, I don't know what to, what we're talking about. Because then Pascal calls everyone out. And we have a huge blow up. Pascal, it's literally the numbers. He's like, look, they're sticking together. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because the other option is to stick with you and lose. Yeah. So then we, we, we just keep going and... Sean goes on much longer than everybody else does. This is Sean's Achilles heel, is when he gets, and I, I identify with this to a certain extent, yeah. when you get so impassioned about something that you no longer can read the room. Mm -hmm. And he cannot read the room here. Yes. He, from, when he starts, 
he makes really good points in the beginning and is, I think, winning everyone, or by everyone, I mean Kathy and us, the audience. The, the only person you need to win, Kathy. Right, and us, the audience, to his side. And then he starts on getting on this this weird path of like, yeah, but they didn't tell you that they had that they had this. And Kathy's saying, that doesn't matter. She says so many times, doesn't matter, always, like, it was never said outright, but mm-hmm. I always figured it. And Sean just keeps putting words in her mouth and then is arguing with Kathy? Yeah, that's... You cannot be... Do, you, the only person that matters, the only person their opinion matters is Kathy. So getting into an argument with Kathy is the last thing that you should be doing. Yep. And I totally understand why Kathy voted that way at that point. Yeah. Sean became unhinged. And, like, I don't blame him. Like, emotions are hard. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't... You cannot do that. Like, you just gave up your shot at a million dollars because you were upset. Yeah. And you're right. I don't know if, like, that's Pascal and Nalia winning that or if it was Sean losing that. And I think it's Sean losing it's that. It's Sean losing that. Yeah. And it sucks as well that he did that at this point in the game. Because I've talked about how Nalia hasn't just shot herself in the foot. She's put a whole fucking magazine, just rapid fire into right her up own in foot. There. And Sean pulled the trigger on his own foot once. Yeah. He just did it at the worst possible time. Yeah. And then we, we end conversations. We show everyone's vote except for Kathy. Sure. Because why not? Why why wouldn't you? We yeah. all know where this is going. And then uh, Sean Sean gets the the third vote. The pivotal yep. vote. <laughs> In my favorite part. Dope! <laughs> As he exits. He, I felt like he knew. Like, he realized he fucked up. Yeah. Right away. He I think he knew exactly what was going on. And then as he's walking out... Jeff turns back to us and is like, I don't know if you noticed, but the entire jury is dressed in black. What's that about? And we don't say anything else. What is that about? I Was that supposed to be, like, funeral? I like, don't it's, know. I, I, my, the way I took it was, it's mourning the death of a group that had been very close. Oh, sure. But... Who's to say? And Who's Jeff, it's a weird say. fucking thing to say. It is a weird thing to say. It, a weird thing to point out at that point in the tribal, too. Sure. Well, I'm glad he didn't... Saying anything beforehand would have been much worse. Yeah. I So this is how I think Kathy should proceed, and I want Kathy to win this game. Okay. I'm getting more and more worried it's going to be Pascal. If it's Pascal, fine. I just... It's not my favorite. Okay. Kathy should now go to V. And I, I would need to calculate the number of votes that each of them have had. Mm-hmm. V might have had more. But if Kathy or... Uh, v win immunity. Kathy should go to V, give her immunity. They do a 2-2 split onto Nalia. Mm-hmm. Nalia's had votes against her. Mm-hmm. You win that tie. V's only had, I think, like, what, three? Nalia's probably had more than that. I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. But... Because then Kathy can go in with V and Pascal. I'm not sure that the votes against matters anymore. At a tie? At a tie. Oh, it might be like fire making or something like that. In that, I think votes against was outed at the start of this season. Like that doesn't oh. matter anymore. Interesting. They didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about it because it hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know that for a fact. You're okay. gonna find out next. You're gonna find out next week. Next week. Yeah. Whatever. Happens. Regardless of what. Well, or I might not find out next week if there's no tie. Good point. So yeah. Uh, how do you think Sean does in a modern survivor? Really well. I I think that he needs to be like <laughs> you still have to be careful of like having big blowups because people don't like especially big blowups about things that don't matter. Yeah. Like 
Sean, you, you, you can't. And he had a couple in camp, too, that didn't end up getting voted out, but, but partially because Boston Rob was more <laughs> was, aggressive. Boston Rob took the shield role on that one. Exactly. But I, I think Final Five is hard to beat. Final Five is, is you know, that's a, that's a good place to finish. Mm-hmm. But I think that's probably a pretty good spot for him. The only thing I would say is he is strong, but he's not a strong swimmer. Mm-hmm. So if it's a if now we're in Fiji, there's a lot of water challenges. So maybe he wouldn't be seen as a challenge beast. He could get the you know sort of challenge beast stigma sure. post merge, just being a strong dude. Yeah. But yeah, I would say I'd say anywhere from like I'd say final five is probably like his median, like where I could see him finishing. Okay. Yeah. And this is also. 17 to 18 years between games so he that's plenty of time to learn how to swim if you needed well, to. well sure yeah but, but I, remember, I, get, this, I get what you're saying this is where pluck him out of the year 2002 throw him into 2023 yeah and how does he do yeah it's a good time so he does not come back that's fucked yeah it is. that is so fucked it is quite fucked and there, there's a lot of talk as to why. And is it because he's a very radical, loud black man? It probably has something to do with it. We don't really know hmm. why. I mean, yes, probably. I think Survivor took a look at that time and was like, he put us in a quote-unquote bad spot. They're not quoting. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that if I'm not actually quoting. <laughs> uh, but... Like, I don't know. We don't want to look like the bad guys in a future season. Yeah. So, here's a story here. So, Sean... I think Sean should have been invited back over Boston Rob. They're very similar players. Yeah. There's no reason why you invite Boston Rob back. I agree. not Sean. I agree. I think Sean played the better game here. Agreed. And is deserving of that spot. So, let's let's talk about this. He was asked to participate in the first Survivor All-Stars reveal Sean. I had gotten certain inoculations. I was spiritually, mentally, and physically preparing to take time away from my family. My son was literally just born, and also time away from my students again. My bags were packed at the door. I was stood ready to go. And not only was I not informed that I wasn't selected, but I never heard from them again until 30 seasons later when I received an inquiry call to see if I'd like to play again. What the fuck? So they ghosted him. Wait, so they invited him on the show for All-Stars, and then... Pulled the invite and never told him? Yeah. I think he was selected as a candidate, and then they just, like, ghosted him, said, no, we're not going to tell him that we move forward. Wow. But crazy that they had him get inoculations then. I also didn't realize there's so many people that get, like, inoculations and all this stuff, and they're there for three days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to get you all your shots, all of this, that, and have your bags packed, and then psych, you're not actually going. He was not on the list for second chance season. It sounds like they blacklisted him. It sounds like they, like, it made, the way he talked, Mm -hmm. especially about, like, race politics, Mm -hmm. made executives uncomfortable, and they decided to unofficially blacklist him Mm -hmm. for a while. For a while. And if I'm mathing correctly here, that... 34 would be when they started the inquiry call to say, hey, would you be willing to play again? Yeah. And that was, that was at the time where they were doing quite a few returning seasons, Mm -hmm. but definitely after when they did the second chance season. So you're like, why 
why? I mean, why we was... know why. <sighs> it's everything I just talked about. Yeah. I mean, if anyone else has a legitimate reason why, go ahead and send us an email. But I cannot imagine. Remember how many people we said came back from season two? Which, again, mm-hmm. part of that is, I think the producers realized how fucked season two was. Yeah. And the audience realized how fucked season two yeah. was. But to not even have him as a candidate to vote for. Yeah. Somebody that made the final five, played a great game, and was a star of their season. I would argue was the star of the season. Like, even though he's gone now, there's every season has a, a person who stands out but didn't win. And mm. I feel like Sean is that person. Yeah. Just a reminder that we have already seen people in that second chance role that are way worse at the game. Kimmy. Kimmy. Is in second chance. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) They go on to talk about how when he was inquiried about the future season post second chance, he tried to make some demands about if he was going to come play after being burned many years prior, he wanted some like incentives, like had some demands. And I know for sure many returning players who've been offered either pay incentives or at least the opportunity to compete again based on solely whether you were liked or in the inner circle of the host or showrunners and not on merit. More importantly, fan choice. Trust me, this is no shade, just facts. Yeah. It's, you feel the the frustration there. Like he, he got boxed out of playing this game and blacklisted and we're just like, why? Why? Because when he had a when he, he had a microphone, when the show could not ignore him because mm-hmm. he was in, a, in a, a very important narrative on the season, he spoke his truth and he got punished for it. Yeah. Even his, like, he's had hard conversations with the show about race, but none of them have been that combative. Yeah. He's, at least in the edit that he showed us, never called out the show. He's never called out any in particular person. Like, I have called out Igor. I have called out Pascal. Sean has never done that. He has only spoken from his own experience and, you know, like, cultural hardships and all of that. So, and it's so fucking, it's so fucked up. Yeah. Regardless of him being not on the show, he has had huge impacts on the show. He goes on to lead and have a huge, they have great conversations with, survivor and survivor casting and survivor production way forward in the future about how black contestants are treated in the game and how the race is shown does he work with ramona from season one remember ramona was on was part of the diversity yeah there yes yes i don't know if they work together but he definitely doing the same idea having huge impacts on diversity and survivor there is a whole episode of a podcast where many, many black players come together and talk about their experience in Survivor and how they could make the game better for black contestants. I, I can't recommend that to you because it has future spoilers. Oh, sure, yeah. But for people out there who have seen and aren't worried about spoilers, definitely go watch that. It is really interesting and a really good conversation that needs to be had. Yeah, it's it's Rob has a podcast, so go go look at oh, that. Oh yeah, I've heard that's a really popular Survivor podcast. Yeah. So yes, definitely go look at that up. I I could go on and on about Sean. There's so much good stuff. I I'm gonna for for time base, I'm gonna leave it there. But Sean 
is a great player, and I think he is deserving of playing again. Yeah, he should have played again in season eight. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it makes you so mad. Yeah. Before we move on and end the show, your protagonist. Well, I mean, we just talked all that about Sean, but but it is Kathy. It is Kathy. It has to be Kathy. I mean, she's the one who makes the decision of how this episode goes. Yeah. This whole episode is about hoarding Kathy's favor. Yeah. But it also says a couple things. One, the vehicle curse, the car curse... Lives on. Lives on. Two, we're set up for an interesting decision next, like, like you talked about. This next episode really hinges a lot. So, I mean, possibly. It, yeah. Kathy's now lost a lot of her power. True. True, true, true. She's either... She has to rely on either... You know, they're going to vote out V next. They're going to try to vote out V next. Mm-hmm. So she either goes at that to survive to final three and then hinges it all on immunity. Yeah. Or she tries some version of the play I just said. Like, I don't see a third option. Sure. Yeah. Oh, we're going to find out. All right. Then let us end the episode. Hey, do you... Have you seen Pitch Perfect? Uh, no, but I saw the other movie that that director made. Oh, okay. Cocaine Bear. <laughs> okay. There's there's a character in uh, Pitch Perfect. His name? Bumper. How long have you been holding that one for? A while. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Like I said, if you have not gone and watched the opening episode of 44, go do that. It's beautiful. Jared, anything you'd like to promote? Yeah, uh, I would like to promote treating people of color better. (laughs) Yeah. And don't blacklist people just because what they say makes you uncomfortable when you have to do inward thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Be better to people of color. And also, don't put words in people's mouth. That's the one mistake Sean made. Yeah. Don't argue with someone that you need help from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to promote... I I know this is weird because I feel like I'm... It feels like I'm promoting something that's in our lane. If you are watching 44, the Jeff Probst podcast, the On Fire with Jeff Probst podcast... It's a terrible name. It is, it is a terrible name. Go, go listen to it because it is interesting. After you've watched the first episode... It doesn't do what we're doing, where it's like a re- retrospective thing. Yeah, I saw the Jeff's announcement of it on mm-hmm. on Reels, where he basically says, like, it, this is not a recap podcast. There are other podcasts that do that. Yeah. Maybe he's heard our podcast. Probably not. He's not heard our podcast. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. But it, it does give great thought behind the behind the scenes and production and the whole selection of everything. And they've already announced one player for a future Survivor season, so... wow. Take that for what you will. Is it Sean? I no. Oh well, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Cool. Anything else? No. I don't All think right. So was. I mean, the season's still great. Yeah. I always knew it would go this way eventually. We got two episodes to bring it home. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. This episode next Monday. Next Monday is the finale. Hell yeah. Good math. That math, math. That math does math. For my co-host Jared Sheldon, this is Stephen. For my host Stephen Levine, this is Jared. I fucked it up. Why did you use my... Are you trying to dox me? <laughs> no, we've said your name. I say your name at the start of the episode every time. We also have my... Inst- I've also doxed my own Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.